Hi, welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And today I want to talk about self-worth, specifically about not allowing ourselves to get used to pain, Um, whether it be physical pain or emotional pain. And this is something that I struggled with for the first 42 years of my life. I just got used to the sadness in my heart. I felt like that was just what life is like. That my life, you know, I was made this way. Um, God put me together in this way so that I feel sad. And I thought that that's just the way it was going to be. It was always going to be that way. And it wasn't until I started drinking when I was in high school, really, I think eighth grade is when I started drinking. But it was when I started drinking that I started seeing that it doesn't have to be this way. I don't have to feel sad on the inside all the time. If I drink alcohol, it covers that up. I don't feel it. I don't see it. And that became obviously a problem. Um, There's a lot of people that I meet in my sobriety program that talk about how they always felt different than other people. And I'm not so sure that all human beings don't feel a little different than other people. Um, But I hear it a lot from people suffering from alcoholism. And I too felt like I was more sad than everybody else. It's not like my friends didn't get sad, but I felt like I had this underlying chronic pain emotionally. And I didn't see that in other people. At least if they did have it, they hid it. And I'm sure that, you know, we hide a lot of things from each other. And that's why I think so many people suffer in silence because we just don't talk about it. Why do I want other people to know the pain that I actually feel? I just want them to see the mask that I've put on my face. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I'm done doing that. I'm done acting like everything is okay when it's not okay. I want to talk about it because I want to feel good. And the way that I feel good is sharing my experience, strength, and hope with other people. That is how I heal. It's how I feel good. It's how I don't get a collection of, of 
sadness and pain in my dark place. In my meeting this morning, we were talking about self-pity. And what I really was defining my emotional pain as was more um, a lack of self-worth. And I think that they're a little different. So self-pity would be me feeling sorry for myself. And I don't feel like that's really what I was feeling. Um, It was more like I was just destined to be like this. But I didn't complain about it. I, I, you know, I cried a lot and I cried a lot alone when nobody could see me. Um, I didn't cry thinking, poor me. It was more like I was grieving everything going on around me. I couldn't process anything um, that was sad. It just kept piling up inside of me, whether it was my cat passing away, whether it was um, not having a dad that lived in my house with us, whether it was, you know, when I was in high school and my brother drove across country and decided to reside in Lake Tahoe. Um, Anything that was sad just entered inside of me and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just drank. Um, I just drank. And rather than addressing the internal suffering, I put a mask on. And I continued to walk through my life and carrying that pain. I had an outlet, and that was writing poetry. I don't think I was good at poetry. I still have the poetry. I've gone back and read it even recently because I thought, I'm going to publish some of this stuff. Well, my recollection of how good it is is quite different than <laughs> than what I feel about it now when I opened it up and looked at it. So um, I did send like five poems in to the New Yorker, and I never heard anything back. Uh, so I, I might try again someday, but I'm just a little, not completely proud of them, but it's real stuff. Like it's real feelings from a young woman. And I think that in that light, the same way as the podcast, it would be nice to share those and see if they resonate with anybody. If anybody thinks that they're worth sharing, you know, worth reading. Anyway, I hid everything. And sometimes people would see me cry. But for the most part, not a lot of people, I think, 
saw the extent of how much I was crying all the time. So we've all done it. Had somebody ask us, oh, you look tired, or are you okay, or how are you? And we just say, I'm fine. (laughs) You know, I'm fine. Oh, yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm doing all right. But if the person really wants to get into a discussion, then they'll say, um, oh, just all right, you know, um, and you may or may not continue on to tell the truth. At least that's my, my case. And I try not to, for the most part, maybe... 80% of the time, I will be honest and say how I actually am now. But I never used to. I never used to say, oh, I feel like crap. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm dying on the inside. How are you? <laughs> because how do you answer that? Um, but that was the truth. That was how I felt. I felt like I was constantly crying on the inside. So if somebody's going to ask me, how are you? I'm going to say I'm fine. You know, I'm going to be I'm going to be fine. I'm fine, whatever. And really, on the inside, I was catastrophizing everything that I was feeling. Um, And I still wouldn't call it self pity. And I, I don't know, maybe I have a block against the the term self-pity. But it was more like I deserve to feel this way. All the decisions that I've made in my life have led me to where I am now. I made my bed and now I have to lay in it. That's That was kind of my view on things is that I'm strong enough and brave enough to handle whatever I have in my life that is a challenge. But what I didn't realize is those challenges are not things that I had to sit back and let happen to me. That I needed to be a participant in my own life. Um, So what I do now is if somebody asks me, how are you doing? And the answer, I'm fine, comes out of my mouth, but I actually don't feel fine. That means it's time to reflect on why. That means that I deserve a break in my day to sit by myself and think about why am I not fine? Because you just told, you know, Mr. Smith or whoever that you were fine, but you're not fine because it didn't feel honest when you said it. And are you feeling like there's a dark cloud over you or are you not feeling well today? 
And these are some of the things that I have to ask myself on a daily basis. So earlier today, um, my time is about 3.30 in the afternoon right now. And I wanted to record this a couple hours ago. But I like to be fairly upbeat. You know, even if the topic that I'm talking about is a little heavy, I like to actually feel energetic when I'm going to do the podcast episode. And I wasn't feeling that way. I just, I felt a little down and I wasn't quite sure why. And I realized it's because my head was hurting more at 1.30 than it had been hurting earlier in the day, it was actually starting to feel, I was starting to feel dizzy and stuff. And, and so I took care of myself, I went and laid down and listened to my book, I'm listening to wild right now, I'm almost done, I only have like 20 minutes left. So I I laid down and I listened to my book. And you know what, I felt good after that. So because I took the time to self-reflect, I was able to get out of that. If I didn't do that and I actually just recorded and then I, you know, started doing other things, I would have probably had a pretty shitty afternoon and evening. But I'm very aware now of how I'm feeling. Now, I should say, I'm very aware that I'm something's not right. And I but I have to really sit down and evaluate, talk to myself, you know, I'm good at that. It saved my, you know, if when I was having my stroke talking to myself, that's how I knew I was having one. So I encourage it. But I need to talk to myself and figure out what's going on, Rach, you know, why are you feeling kind of poopy? And a lot of times, It's what I learned in the program, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Well, when I was taking my rest time, my stomach started growling and I'm like, okay, well, you weren't just feeling crappy because of your head. You were actually hungry too. So I went downstairs and had some leftovers. and, um, And so getting to the point where I can start feeling grateful again, start finding positives. And and that's when I start feeling more upbeat and energetic again. Um, so some of these things that I felt growing up, this sadness, um, although at the time and and reflecting on it, it seemed like a flaw in my makeup. Um, I even had people tell me, you're too sensitive. I had people say, you know, you cry too much. Uh, or if I, you're overreacting, that's a doozy. You're overreacting. Um, it makes me, it made me feel like my feelings weren't valid. Like, like, I must be crazy, you know, like, I must be crazy. So sometimes my boyfriend and I, (laughs) this is on purpose. 
we have this kind of relationship now where we're close enough now that if I say something that he would never say this to me if it was actually something that I was upset about or anything. But it will, well, if I say like, um, I don't know, I'm going to have peanut butter and jelly, he'll, he'll say like, what are you crazy? And it's really because of this. It's because, um, it's funny now in the house because I'm able to look back and realize that my feelings are valid. Everything that I think and feel is valid. And so we are able now <laughs> to joke about it. But um, back then, I just felt like, gosh, I that that I was sick. I think that there was something wrong with me. And today I see that that sensitivity, although I think I probably needed some medication, some for depression when I was younger. Now I, with the medication and looking back, I see that as sensitivity and I see it as my superpower when my whole life I had seen it as a flaw. I didn't talk about my feelings for the most part. Like I would, I've always been an open book, but only to a certain point, I think thought I was sharing everything that was deep inside of me, but I wasn't. I was only sharing surface level stuff throughout my life. And, <clears throat> and no matter how much, you know, how terrible I was feeling on the inside, I just put that mask on. You know, um, today I have more awareness, like I was, like I was mentioning today, uh, having that awareness that something's not right. I have that awareness that I can pause and self-reflect. I grew so used to crying and feeling bad, it reminds me of this underlying headache or hangover feeling that I feel due to my stroke. I feel like as the longer the time goes by that I'm starting to get used to living in pain, living in discomfort. There are certain symptoms that I feel like the past three days, what I felt like with this feeling like somebody shook my head, like I feel very dizzy, like I ro rode a roller coaster or I got punched in the head, really sensitive to the point that like sounds are making me dizzy. 
that is something that I can't get used to, but maybe it's because it just started getting really bad lately. But regardless, I don't have to live like this. I don't care. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't care what happened to me. I'm not living this way. <laughs> I realized that there may not be a solution. There may not be. You know, I may, I may just never be able to watch TV again or never be able to ride in the car with my eyes open. I can't imagine that that is true. But, you know, I deserve to feel good. And so I have to take action to work towards that. I deserve it. I see my self-worth. And the more that I can continue to save myself and encourage my own positive attitude and seek joy, I can spread it. Today I went to a stroke recovery group that's based in Leesburg. Um, I went to it online. So uh, I've been to it, I think, three months I think I've been for three months. And the first time I went, I didn't turn my camera on because I can't look at the screen, you know. I'll, I'll glance at the screen because I um, have terrible self-restraint. But for the most part, I'm looking away from the computer. So I was like, i just leave my camera off. Well, today I had my camera on and... They allowed me to have some time, some space and time to share what I've been going through. And I shared that I'm a recovering alcoholic and that I'm seven years sober. It was like I was in a sobriety room, a sobriety meeting. Everybody clapped for me and told me how proud they were. That's a big deal. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So encouraging, so encouraging. You know, it was a stroke group and they were cheering me on that I was sober. Um, it's just, it, it felt it felt amazing. It makes me laugh. Um, so another guy said, I just want to acknowledge, Rachel, that the first time you came to this meeting, you left your camera off because you were afraid to turn it on. Um, regardless of what you were afraid of, you kept your camera off. And today, you have your camera on. And although you're not looking at us, I can tell that you're getting more comfortable with your impairment. And, um, and they clapped for me again. And no, they didn't clap for everyone. They were just like, it was cheer Rachel on day. I don't know. It was so amazing. Well, the, the other thing that happened was... I told them about not a lot about my impairment, only the fact that I think we focused on the digital stuff that I can't, you know, do all these things and that I was learning voiceover and stuff. Well, it turns out that there's a neuro-ophthalmology therapist. I don't know what you call it, a technician. They just kept talking and telling calling her a technician, but, um, she does therapy for people with conditions that are treatable by, or diagnosed by a neuro ophthalmologist. And so she said, 
um, I'm going to send you this information. And I said, well, one of the problems is, well, it's not a problem, but it's a challenge. One of the challenges is that insurance doesn't pay for vision therapy. So, you know, wouldn't you know it that my impairment is the one that insurance doesn't pay for. And I asked a little bit about that. I asked, like, what is everybody else's experience with insurance and doctors and everything? And and they were, you know, they, they said pretty much to summarize, me too. They One guy has been, I think it's it was his third application for long-term disability, and it finally got approved. And it was just a matter of getting the paperwork straight that he said that he had a doctor that filled out the paperwork wrong. And, and it's, you know, and I shared my frustrations and I was in an atmosphere where everybody in there understood my frustrations. Everybody in there dealt or is dealing with the same frustrations. And there's so much healing in that. There's so much... There's so much positive uh, emotional encouragement sitting in a room and saying something and having people go nod their head yes. That's it. You know, and they went way further than just nodding their head yes. But it, it really lifted me um, today to just know that I'm not alone. And, um, and so I'm continuing to take action and show up, suit up in my fancy new clothes that I got in my shopping spree yesterday and show up to these things. And, and that's how things happen. That's how, you know, they asked me, who is the neuro ophthalmologist that you're going to see in December? And I gave them the name and they said, okay, we know who that is. We're going to, we've got this technician who deals with therapy from neuro-ophthalmologists. I'm going to contact you and we're going to get you connected with her. And I'm like, that's how it's done, son. You know, you suit up, you show up, and that's how things happen. Things aren't going to happen if I don't show up, you know. Um, So, and I just wanted to, to end on this. I have been noticing the past couple weeks as I walk my dogs around the block how absolutely magical the leaves look right now as they change color. I have never noticed the vibrant colors in these leaves and I don't know why. I have an idea of why. I think um, one reason is that I have more time to stop and look at them. I have time to actually stop in my tracks and with the dog and pick up a leaf and hold it up to the sky, hold it up in front of the, you know, the blue sky and, and be able to see through it. And you can see the veins and the leaves and um, right in the beginning of the fall, there were these leaves on the tree outside of my house where 
they were changing color from the outside in, like outer edges in towards the main stem. And so there was like this green skeleton looking uh, design on the leaf while it was yellow and orange on the outside. And now today those same leaves are this bright, bright red. In our house, we call it product red. If any of you uh, uh, Apple people <laughs> can appreciate that, but just a bright, bright red. And um, I believe it's because I have more time. I believe it's because I'm beginning to accept life on life's terms and learning how to live with my disability, learning how to to go on the path that I've been redirected to and walk on it. And right now that path is full of these beautiful leaves and I'm really appreciating that. I'm really appreciating what's in the world around me right now. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to enjoy that and take this kind of time to enjoy being alive. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening. I cannot believe that I posted an episode yesterday about going on a shopping spree and there are people just clicking and watching that and getting giving me feedback and people are so excited that I was able to to go on this shopping spree and and I even got another text from my niece this morning and tell, telling me how much she loves me. And so I it's just it's I'm overjoyed to have all of you on this journey with me. Um, there's no way that that I can't keep moving forward and up having so many people on um, on my side. Uh, So thanks for listening to the Recovery Daily Podcast. To connect with me online, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. My Instagram network is growing. I never thought I would be able to say that. Or you can visit recoverydailypodcast.com. I'm due for another blog, so that should be posted here in the next couple days. And the best way that you can help um, is share, like, or follow and comment. Um, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, there's always a way to engage with the videos and engage with my channel. So, um, if this topic resonated with you, please share it with a loved one. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.